everyone, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast, which is what this is. If you happened upon this by mistake, uh, turn back now. Sorry. It's episode 749. We're recording this on December, December, November 15, wow. uh, 2023. I'm not I'm not going back and, and doing this over again. I should, though. No, it's okay. Okay. All right. Uh, next person. Keep I'm it rolling. Keep it rolling. I'm Josh Walrus. I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. Abandon all hope, you who enter here. I'm Kent Burgess. And I'm Sebastian Peake. If I didn't mention that before, uh, you can, uh, yeah, this is not going well. You can go to patreon.com slash pcper and uh, throw money at us. Throw as much as you can, as fast as you can, digitally. Make a recurring payment that will save us all from extinction, internet extinction. Special thanks to a penguin kicks down the door. Really appreciate you didn't that. You say that very forcefully. I, I'm not sure. A penguin kicks down the door. It's like the so uh, more, an intro to a novel. It's, uh, it's like, like he wants us, wants us to go to Linux or something. Mm. You know, uh, I was going to say this. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah, a it's vicious just, rumor out there. Not true that Linux will only take advantage of eight cores. That's the time slicing thing. It's time for our most popular segment of the week. Josh, please tell us about. Is it uh, really food? It is. I think it is. It's my favorite know. segment. Well, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> Today was a treat. So here's the situation. My parents went off for a week's vacation. No. Um, <laughs> I had meetings all through the afternoon starting at noon. And so I, I took an early lunch. And not only did I take an early lunch, I knew the kids were all at home. So the dogs were taken care of. So I didn't have to go there. Had nothing to drop off. Had nothing to do. So I just went to Born in the Barn and actually ate there. I ate there. So the picture I have is, you know, not uh, molested by being wrapped up in tinfoil and crushed into a bag. No, this is, this is the real deal. This is <clears throat> the fatty patty. It is a single patty beer, caramelized onions, Swiss and cheddar cheese on rye bread. And let me tell you, this was fantastic. This was, I'm not huge on patty melts, but this, this all came together. This was fantastic. The Swiss and the cheddar. Oh, the, the beer caramelized onions. I mean, wow. they had the onioning flavor, but they were really sweet. And they had the malty goodness in there. You know, it was a nicely done beef patty. So it wasn't huge. It wasn't the double patty monstrosity I usually get. But that rye bread. I don't know where they got the rye bread from. But it was fantastic. It was like, you know, the ultimate Reuben that's not a Reuben. No, it's it's a rye patty melt, and looks like there's yeah, I have fond memories. I'm I'm still not hungry, or or maybe some scrapings from the grill and with the onions. No, didn't so, need it. Didn't yum. need it. It was it was outstanding as it was, and the fries were perfectly done, and it wasn't all mushed up and in strange lighting in my office room. No, this was this was the natural backlighting through windows. So the photography was. Tremendous. Well, it was better than average. But uh, yeah, no, it was the Fatty Patty. I, I can't recommend it more. It was it was awesome. Beer caramelized onions, man. Mm. 
Beer. Looks so good. Let's move to the PC Perspective News Desk and Arc News. No way. Yes, it's it's this is big news too. Intel Arc. You may have heard of them. Intel, Ooh. they're branching out of integrated graphics in a big way. And they have their own discrete graphics cards, which you can buy right now at places like Amazon and Newegg. And uh, that's exciting enough as it is, but the software, they keep on writing new drivers for it. And there's yet another new driver. Minor updates, a couple of bug fixes, no performance uh, improvements necessarily. But if you look at the release notes... Are you sure about that performance improvement? I don't know. It's, it's not saying like 20% better DirectX 11 performance or anything like that this mm-hmm. time, but... Mm-hmm. They fixed some issues. More Starfield fixes. They are they are closing in on completing their Starfield driver. They fixed the issue where in you know DX12 mode there was flickering or color corruption. There's still some known issues out there, but hey, they're fixing stuff. They're 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 still committed to it for now until they aren't committed to it anymore. And maybe AMD is discontinuing support for things like the 580, but Intel has a 580. So if you're a 580 owner, switch over to the Arc A580 for continued support. Mm. Think about that. Slightly better performance. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah, very slightly better performance, but at least the price tag is attractive-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, enough of that. You know, I, 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 going into a different direction altogether, mm. but still in the same area, because I know I've, I've never done this before. You know, if there's one thing that is ensuring that ARC may continue, it's it's the AI stuff. Because not only are they supporting VDI uh, through hardware without having to pay expensive licenses, but their Gaudi stuff, all of that utilizes ARC technology to do the AI. And I mean, AMD is looking at their MI300 series to be a $1 billion ramp up in the next couple of quarters. You can bet Intel is is really looking at that. So it's nice that they are continuing software support and they really should continue hardware support for multiple reasons. One of which is there is a large thing of uh, machine learning. And uh, I know that we have announcements from ARM, Microsoft, and uh, AMD. Uh, all that just came out today, too, that we really probably should address, hopefully. Next up in news, AMD has a big win because their Instinct MI300X Accelerator, it's going to be an Azure virtual machine series optimized for AI. This is comprised of 153 billion transistors on a single substrate, 5.2 terabytes a second of memory bandwidth. What's up with the Infinity Fabric being less than a terabyte if the total memory bandwidth is 5.2? It's because it's all the caches, man. They count all the caches. It's crap. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, it's cDNA3, not rDNA3, mm. uh, which is their compute optimized, which apparently does have some things that the rDNA3 does, does not. But uh, they, they have two uh, – they've got two flavors – there's the all, you know, graphics chip with lots of memory and whatnot. And then they've got the one that's 
uh, part uh, CCXs, uh, you know, CPUs and the graphics chips. And you'd think that those would be more popular. Uh, and they may, in fact, be in the future. But for right now, uh, Microsoft is is using these for their Azure. And uh, that's all based on Xeon stuff. And, and uh, there's some talk about NVLink in there as well. And I'm not entirely sure. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a big deal for AMD be, AMD to be picked up by Microsoft. And uh, in fact, Microsoft also announced, did we have that in here? I'm looking, 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 looking. Microsoft developed their own uh, ARM super chip. Uh, Neoverse uh, CCD, I can't remember the exact thing, nice. but uh, with super ARM, Microsoft chip. developed uh, their own big super chip based on ARM Neoverse, uh, and they're they're hoping to also power all of this stuff. That's their AI um, chip that is 105 billion transistors. It is another rather large chip. So uh ai is is uh it's it's a big deal and you know if if you thought that this is just mining it's it's not because all of these big guys have have bought into it hugely because they actually have products and workloads that run really well on it and there's a huge demand for so it's not a flash in the pan i mean we're probably going to get you know, some downturn uh, in that, you know, software won't be able to keep up the hardware and they'll have overproduced and, you know, too much stuff that is that is laying dormant or underutilized. Um, but for the most part, it's 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 kind of a boom with machine learning, uh, neural networks, these kind of models. There's just not enough horsepower right now in the world to do to fulfill the demand. Uh of these things it's it's nuts how it's growing and uh yeah when intel amd nvidia microsoft all jump in with actual hardware that works it's not just you know some guy designed this mining asic and they're selling them for 2500 bucks this is it's a big deal well josh i hope that somehow we're able to leverage uh, generative ai to assist us in integration of the blockchain into our metaverse experience. Exactly. So I'm still counting on that. I can't wait to look at the control of the nuclear weapons. That's, that's what I'm waiting for. Well, they well we need to have AI develop more board yacht, ape pictures. Yeah. That we can sell were just a way to launder money. Uh, no, apparently they're a way to go blind now. Oh, okay. That's true. Yep, UV light <laughs> right in the face. Yeah, let's uh, just use EUV lights for uh, mm-hmm. mood lighting here. Oh, it Why hurts. Look directly at the going... light. Look at the yeah. light. Sunburn those retinas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow, couldn't happen. Well, no, I guess it's just cornea. The cornea is the yeah, it's just part cornea. Yeah. It's all you right. can get it replaced. Recovery. It's not fun. <laughs> Yeah, they're not going to take board eight pictures and replacement for, mm-hmm. or for payment for the surgery. All right, let's move on. Next news story. This this may shock you. You know how we've talked about how the 14th gen stuff from Intel is just the 13th gen kind of rebadged? Maybe we uh, did. Yeah. 
it's bend a little bit for some higher clocks at times. Uh, it's got in- no, it's got new, better Intel dynamic tuning technology. Okay. Uh, it's the same that's- silicon though. I mean, I know. I mean, it's just, that's the only good thing I can say about it. All right. Well, via hardware unboxed as reported here on tech power up, and now on PC Perspectives podcast, Intel confirms APO feature not coming to 13th gen and 12th gen core processors. So their application performance optimization feature helps the Raptor Lake refresh have you know some better performance. They're a, they've showcased this best possible scenario in like two games, I think. Well, Metro Exodus, which very, very new, you know, metric rainbow, uh, six siege. Uh, it's going to be a boost oh, there. So there's a lot of yeah. people who are going to take advantage of that. So it um, looks nice on charts. It's only yeah. in a couple of games and they're not allowing it to work on older hardware so that they can help sell newer hardware. Why would you give the old hardware the feature? I just, I just sense someone's going to get around this and, in, and enable it on older gens. I, Eventually. Yeah. Kind of predict that. Yeah. Manipulate the, yeah, but, the You'll have to have like an unsigned driver or some crap like that. That true. Change <sighs> Windows. Hate that. But hey, everything old is new again. Like uh, 384-bit memory buses. Via videocards.com, new rumors suggest NVIDIA's RTX 50 series, the GB202 GPU will use a 384-bit memory bus gddr7 so much bandwidth initially the information was that the gpu would use a 512 bit bus it says here which has now been clarified it's 384 which i guess puts it kind of at parity with what we currently have at the top do do, do you know what the last 512 bit card was the 290x and before that the HD Was that Radeon? 2800 XT. The 2800 Was the Radeon XT. 7 not? I don't no. remember. The Fury X 4096-bit. Oh, yeah. Well, it's that's HBM. HBM. Yeah. 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 But no, the the regular GDDR was, I think, the, the, they're right, the 290. Uh, no, the 390X was, right? 390? Anyway, I have gotten us way off target, and I apologize for that. Yeah, 512. Josh was right. The R9 3DX, 512 bit. GT Wannabe is the one who originally in in our YouTube chat. I have a 290X here somewhere in the basement. Yeah, 290X. It's this model, too. It's this uh, reference model. That thing is loud under load. Yeah. And hot. Next news story. This is uh, via Twitter. Haru Kaze 5719 or something. They are posting, there's an article at ithome.com, which you have to translate if you do not speak uh, the language. Silicon Motion SM2508. It's a Gen 5 SSD controller. Buy four, eight channels, update terabytes. What's interesting about this is it says up to. 3.5 watts. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal. We've seen some ridiculous cooling solutions being shipped with some PCIe Gen 5 SSDs. As I'm sure you're aware if you follow this industry at all. So up to 3.5 watts would be a 
Revelation. I'm guessing this is not as performant. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. No, 2.5 million IOPS and 14.5 gig. Okay. Yeah. So this, yeah. this has all the performance and uh, probably about half the power. Uh, we've seen controllers that are 10 watts. I think even yeah. Usually, I, th- I think officially the the the, the PCI five are, are six to eight watts. There may be some higher, but yeah, they they have those massive coolers on them because they just get so stinking hot for that amount of space. And uh, most of those are you are using a, a twelve nanometer process. As in, uh, Silicon Motion is actually using a six nanometer uh, low power unit so yeah i mean all the the work is is being done on that uh just by utilizing a a a smaller more efficient you know process Mm -hmm. node and uh yeah this is this is awesome if they can get this out in a reasonable amount of time uh it would be fantastic so it's you know it's it's four arm cores uh r8s which are higher performance and then the uh, one Cortex M0, which is super efficiency, super small. Um, yeah, oh, that'd be huge we've, for PCI we've kind 5.0. of been drop the wallet. This is yeah, this is entirely necessary for 5.0 because if if you look at some of those cooling solutions for this stuff, they're just ludicrous for you know what is essentially a. Uh, you know, gum stick. This is <laughs> this is considered a, a big heat sink for PCI 4.0 generation, and this is nothing as compared no, to what <laughs> these fives are. In some I mean, ways, it's, it's stuff that's this tall yeah. and actively it's cool. Tall as a dim with yeah. fins on it. Yeah, and in some ways, the 5.0 was sort of a solution looking for a problem. Storage right. is going to finally meet it, you know, where its bandwidth capabilities are strongest, and it's going to be amazing. I don't know what applications are going to... Oh, it's AI. I'm sorry. That's stupid. I should have just said AI applications are going to yeah, take advantage no, of it. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, the people who use Optane uh, for mm. their primary drive and applications, it doesn't matter if it's Optane running on 3.0 or 4.0. It, no. it still just feels faster. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. going to main memory. That's what the yeah. wonderful thing that Optane was. Um, and that that's something that, you know, NAND just can't match no matter how, you know, what, how incredible your, your bandwidth figures are. That latency was, was less than one tenth of that. of and, and that made a huge difference because you're usually not bandwidth constrained even at 3.0. Uh, for most applications, um, there have been a couple of things that I've noticed that that write speeds like uh, decompressing Steam files. I, I'm loading something up on Steam for the first time. You're going to get better performance with 4.0 and 5.0, but that's like a corner case for the regular usage. But yeah, no, this is still it's 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 a positive thing. It's an eight channel uh, unit, runs fast, good IOPS. Good bandwidth. It's it's like, uh, it's something that's been needed for so many of these realized products. These these solutions they really rely on the amount of cash they're they're equipped with to take advantage of those speeds. Anyways, they're just not able to maintain that read and write throughput through to main storage. So there's where a lot of the limitations still lie, especially with consumer grade or even prosumer grade stuff. Next, 
Meet the last 2023 Hackaday Prize winners. Wait, this is not the last Hackaday Prize. It's just the last winner. You're from this right year. on both counts. Like they didn't really well, go into why, other than they said that they're going to do smaller ones going forwards. Uh, so they're not going to completely abandon it. But I have a feeling that just you know, there, there's been some things going on in the world lately that have uh, really cut the funding to a lot of things. And so I have a feeling that's sort of what it is: is that they just couldn't uh, get together enough sponsors to be able to do a huge set of prizes because these guys are giving away tens of thousands of dollars to a variety of different winners and then the grand prize is significantly larger and uh they also used to have a uh a grant with a place called proto labs where one of the winners essentially got to go in to their laboratory use all of their stuff and just you know make projects so you know not easy to pull off and in this economy i guess it's sort of come to an end which is too bad, but like they say, it's not the end of their contests. They're still still going to be doing these project things, but it'll probably just instead of being one gigantic one with five different categories and a grand prize, just small little ones. But they've gone out really nicely. Uh, the the grand prize is a refreshable Braille module. Now, I mean, and, and they obviously make uh, reference to sneakers where uh, Whistler was blind and using the, the Braille interface. But the thing is, even refurbished ones nowadays are thousands of dollars, which is just ridiculous. I mean, honestly, but apparently the way that they do it with uh, MEMS and other things is just very expensive to do. So this project essentially takes a 3D printer, prints out a block and six little pins, uh, which are then controlled with a, a set of gears or, or sorry, a electromechanical uh, motivators, but long story short, it's actually ridiculously cheap to make compared to the thing to do uh, a, a commercial version. And you can make it as much as you want, as big as you want. So if you only need, you know, just to be able to read with your two fingers and just refresh it that way, that's fine. If you want an entire panel of it, no problem. This thing will scale up to do that. And, you know, it just baffles me that that is so hard that to, to have designed previously. Like, no one's actually done that. And they also did, uh, it was one of the runners-up, same sort of thing, except it's called Braille Wrap, and it's a quick, inexpensive way to print out Braille documents, which, again, is apparently ridiculously expensive to do. But with this 3D-printed machine, and a good source of a certain type of paper, it will happily punch out entire, you know, projects in Braille. That's really nice to see because it's one of the favorite things about the Hackaday Prize is a lot of the time they're solving problems that, you know, oh, well, who cares? There's a commercial solution for it and they're already making lots of money. Uh, the giant AI recycle bin, on the other hand, I mean, it's an interesting idea. You toss in your recycling, and based on the noise it makes falling in, it will sort it for you. Not a household thing, but you bring this to a giant, a big convention because now people are just tossing stuff in, and hey, you, you make a game of it, and the thing is just sorting and recycling it. So yeah, check out the the various ones that they've they've done. Uh, if you live in a large apartment, definitely check out Autoduct, which uh, will bring down the entire building's heating bills and make everything a little more comfortable for, you know, pennies compared to what a professional solution would be. So yeah, it just, uh, 
it's sort of sad to see him go. They've gone on a really good, good showing. And I don't think this is the last time we'll be talking about it because they will still have contests going forward. And as I've mentioned before, if you, if you haven't heard about the Hackaday prize, you have to literally put up your entire project from start to beginning with materials list with build. So any of these that are up there, you can go up and grab the STLs, grab the entire process and build them for yourself. That that's what this is all about. Excellent. Hey, speaking of building things, what what do you think would happen if you tr- decided to build a small, a uh, large capacity SSD in a slim uh, external enclosure? You use oversized components. You don't solder them to the board very well. Mm-hmm. And I can't see anything going wrong with that. And apply a bunch of power to it, and it yeah. gets really, really hot. Like like heating and cooling cycles, like that yeah. would cause like, uh, thermal hot, expansion. No problem. Mm-hmm. Fine. It shouldn't cause a problem at all. Yeah. So apparently, the SanDisk Extreme Pro mm-hmm. failures. There's no firmware fix for this when you have <laughs> they, lifted off the they board. Implied, the they implied. They implied would be. And then they, they there would be a mm, third firmware fix. Yeah, for they this. probably were just going to reduce the performance to try to limit heat, but there's not much mm. you can do. I read this the other day. This is from four days ago, a story at Tom's Hardware, yeah. but the data recovery firm that's been doing a lot of these uh, repairs, people's Recoveries, data yeah. for them, they've taken some interesting looking pictures of some rather shoddy work and damage to these. I mean, components. technically, there's heat paste on there, so that's nice. But yeah. <laughs> you know, I, they originally thought that maybe this was only going to affect the the larger drives, and that's the one where they're sort of promising the firmware fix for their four terabyte yeah. um, series. And it's really affecting the twos, the threes, I think the ones as well. Just showing components that are like coming apart or coming off of the board and making this an extremely difficult recovery process. One of the other uh, interesting aspects of this is some of the later ones are actually showing a nod towards this problem with additional, I think, celastic compound, trying to keep the components in place with uh, maybe some uh, better soldering. The the recovery um, uh, company is also potentially blaming poor solder or poor soldering connections or some assembly process issue. Western Digital looks like they've tried to address this again with some more compound celastic that's on top of it or some more yeah, epoxy type. It's just, it's not working. And Western Digital is not talking. Unfortunately, and they're still they selling these. Off the shelves. That's like, correct. Don't that's correct. keep selling these. Yeah. Nah. Why wasn't this recalled already? Just eat yeah. it. it. This is destroying yeah. what was left of your reputation. I guess at, lay people do not understand some of the issues that the industry has had with WD over the last mm-hmm. few years. Yeah. With uh, well, this is not Hitachi. The, the the TLDR on this is but basically if you're time. if you're if you're currently rocking one of these uh, Sandisk um, Extreme Pros get in the two, three, or four terabyte range, copy everything off of that and get off of it. Really, yeah. It's it's unfortunately this one's you're gonna just gonna have to write off. The, yeah. It's too bad and, right now. Stick it in the receipt in the corner somewhere for the eventual yeah. class action lawsuit that will come yeah. about. You'll you'll get some it's of your money likely. back for sure. More than likely. It's time for security corner. A microcode patches incoming for Intel and AMD, as if we haven't heard this story before. This is mm-hmm. a new story though. I don't know. It anything is. Tar and cash wrap. Although Reptar, nice pick for that uh, picture, Jeremy. Good hey, call. Some of us remember Nickelodeon. 
Nickelodeon. And when I read the Rugrats, Rugrats, Reptar, Reptar yeah. that was the first thing I thought of. And yeah, oddly enough, the first thing that came up in the Google search as well. Uh, hmm. So both of these, thankfully, uh, are not easy to leverage. Neither have been spotted in the wild. And as a bonus, patching is not going to affect performance whatsoever. So that's really nice. We, we, we like to hear that, you know, I'm going to patch and things don't get worse. I like this. Huh. So cash huh. warp is the AMD one and everyone, pretty much everyone watching it isn't going to have to worry about it for their home machine because it affects SEV. Uh, those running, you know, servers on the other hand, finding out that the secure encrypted virtualization service AMD has been touting for so long has some issues is, is not wonderful. Uh, but long, sort of long story short, if you're running a VB, VM, uh, there is a way you can use uh, sort of, you can, you can hit the page table to force that VM to pull stale data from a memory cache, which could well be a secure token. So boom, your unauthenticated session is now authenticated. You could use it does to this, grab out. Does this bust, yeah. bust the hypervisor? Does this does this cross hypervisors or, or not? Uh, it seems to, uh, because yeah, oh, it seems extra, to be giving you access to the this, VM itself. Oh, extra bad. Yeah. But already the patches are going out. Uh, so, and lovely enough, it's, it, it's not been a spotted in the wild and it hasn't affected anyone. Well, as far as we know, uh, AMD put out a, a full thing. You can uh, track down the uh, actual project on GitHub uh, for the proof of concept. If you're curious now, Reptar on the other hand from Intel, originally it came out and it was just like, Oh, you know, yes, technically you could cause a system to hang or crash with this thing. That's not so bad. It's, it's, you know, kind of sucks. <laughs> That's unpleasant. Just reboot, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is it does Sapphire Rapids, Alder Lake and Raptor Lake. And then they sort of looked into it a bit and they realized that, wait, no, no, this isn't a five point something. There's a way to escalate privileges using the exact same, uh, vulnerability. So yeah, now that's going to be an eight point something. And again, so it's, this is a crash of VM game privileges. I'm, I'm yeah. very, I, I can't even speak about this one. This is terrible. It's so prevalent and get it, get a, uh, gain access to a VM for a uh, dollar 50 a day and, uh, crash everybody on a, uh, a 32 U, uh, server. This is, yes. that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and that's when the, that's just when it got the 3.0. It went to 8.8 mm -hmm. when it was, oh, wait, and privilege escalation? Yeah, that's 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 not so good. Uh, it's already, the patches are flowing out, so you don't have to worry about it too much as long as, you know, you patch occasionally. And by the time Intel has put one out, it's, it's actually going to be fairly solid. This one you're going to have to read more up to because... Uh, it's sort of a little bit esoteric in trying to figure out exactly how it works, but it's execution of an instruction that's encoded with a prefix that has already been used. So considered redundant, which can then make the system 
behave in unpredictable ways. So even if someone was hacking in a, an unpatched system, it'd be sort of a flip of the coin of, do I get escalation or do I just crash it? I don't know. I'll try it. They'll reboot it. I can try again. And, oh, you don't have to reboot for this patch either, which is nice for many <laughs> system admits. Think of it. A microcode update, and you don't even have to reboot. Seems wrong somehow. It seems, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I might just reboot because I want to bounce that server. <laughs> you probably place. should. Yeah. Yeah. Sticking with the register and more security stories, Europe is ready to intercept and spy on your encrypted HTTPS connections. This is a little esoteric, but the the sort of the punchline is not. What the proposal actually um, is about is government issues certificate, or they, they're proposing that government in the EU is going to be the essential certificate authority and be able to issue end certificates and uh, the browsers must continue to accept them even if they've been compromised or eventually, and here's the punchline, eventually set themselves up as a man in the middle for anybody else's endpoint. What that implies is that the government-issued certificate authority can issue a certificate for any other encrypted endpoint, meaning you, between you, an EU citizen, and Amazon, or IBM, or Costco, or you know whatever it is you're buying from, or having a connection to, and that, that includes potentially IPsec. <laughs> that includes potentially IPsec, so between you and your university or your workplace, uh, and the government essentially setting itself up to be a perpetually accepted in-browser, unable to be kicked out, man-in-the-middle, quote-unquote, attacker, or in their case, interceptor of traffic between you and your endpoint. And the worry here is, is that this is potentially going to pass because it's a little bit subtle in the potential way that this could be abused. And of course, the worry is, uh, is that Sunak uh, would once, actually like to really see it pass because he's well, just that well, kind once, of guy. Once one sizable government entity that's friendly to Western sphere of influences accepts something, you know, the places like the United States sort of look at this and go, well, maybe that that's a good idea. Why don't we try and do the same thing? And this is absolutely horrific from a privacy perspective. Um, so again, uh, the the punchline is easy to understand, but the intricacies of, of certificate authority and certificate handling and man-in-the-middle attack is a little bit esoteric. Finally, in Security Corner, in a first, cryptographic keys protecting SSH connections stolen in new attack. Uh, Jeremy, you want to talk about this one or do you want me to ramble on a bit? Oh, I mean, you should ramble on because this is just so ironic. Well, first of all, I don't want okay, to. Let me ask you, is it like ironic used? or Alanis Morissette ironic? It, it's a security gonna... feature being used to break <laughs> into your machine. So, yeah, it's fairly literal. So that's Obviously, well past Alanis Morissette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, SSH connections are, are ubiquitously used uh, every uh, all over the place consistently for remote access to all kinds of services. Uh, this is not a warning that, ah, oh, the sky is falling and everything's broken. That's that's not exactly the case here. What this is illustrating is an interesting cryptographic and mathematical and computing system byproduct of how uh, SSH and the key exchange actually works during handshaking. 
Occasionally, there are errors that crop up in this computation, and those are transmitted and retransmitted, and an agreed-upon handshake finally is finally arrived at between yes. the service and the client. And what you and I would assume this that error would be dumped, and that it would not cause any issues whatsoever. And most of the well, time, we that's wrong. true. Most of the time, that's true. What uh, the playback or the analysis of watching this handshake of, hey, I didn't get that right. Oh, let me retransmit that, is the difference between the bad key or the bad handshake and the good handshake. Analysis has, has, has allowed the sort of interpolation of, hey, the difference between these two is, is finally allowing us to extract one of the prime numbers that is associated with the true secret key that's being uh, not uh, exchanged between these two entities. And that's the secret. It's not the public part. It's the secret part. And then once it's determined that based upon the fact that this is an RSA exchanged key, of which it's used by about a third of the internet connections using SSH, um, once that's utilized, you can sort of fuzz the server a little bit with some attempts uh, on this port or this connection and eventually extract the remainder um, that allows you to fully determine all of the primes that went into building the key and back your way into generating the secret key, then you essentially own that connection. You can tap into it. If, if you can watch it, you can essentially decrypt it at that point. And that's, that is the very rudimentary sort of dumbed down uh, aspect of this. It's very, very difficult to do. Uh, only a certain number of like of the billions of connections, like only a, a very small number of them are, one are suspected. Are the suspected key. This. Yeah, this is not yeah. very e- easy to do. And it's only about certain RSA keys. And it's again, you need to have a cryptographic uh, mathematical computation that fails like a bit check or a transmit check or an in-memory check that needs to retransmit it. So this isn't the skies falling, but it is a crack in the armor. What they should probably do is adopt some of what went into TLS 1.3 senses that cryptographic uh, handshake errors are are obscured and not detectable. So there, yeah. there's probably a change coming to SSH uh, here in the next year or so to sort of sidestep this problem. But it is interesting and doable. Yeah. And pretty much undetectable because it's all passive. Yes. You it's completely passive track. analysis. And the way they determined this is they had several million uh, uh captures of packet captures yeah. of transactions happening on the internet. And they sort of replayed that and took a look at what was happening and, and backed their way into figuring out these errors, working an algorithm on it and discovering the primes. And it will probably way too much watching bloody Netflix over freaking VP. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's way too much math for the people who normally watch the show. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's get back into gaming and yes, let's please. talk about gaming, <laughs> the economy, the result of the economy. It's gaming quick hits, starting with the <laughs> exciting story about layoffs. Digital Bros lays off thirty percent of their staff, but apparently they used a pretty bad excuse well, for this. Everyone's laying everyone off, right? CD Projekt Red like dumped a bunch of them. Microsoft. You know, several thousand, I think it was. Epic hundreds. So we know. Budget cuts are coming, and we know that someone in the boardroom is saying, don't worry, when crunch time comes, we'll, we'll just use ChatGPT to finish off the rest of the code. Everything will come out perfect. 
We'll be fine. We don't need those extra programmers. But the problem with Digital Bros, uh, who owns 505 Games, said, well, we're reducing staffing because, uh, you know, gamers are just uncomfortable with new IP. They, they don't want to experience like a new game. They, they just want a rehash of something they've already played. They want a sequel to something or a reboot of an old game that they've done. Like Death Stranding, the, the, the guys who ported Death Stranding over to the PC and saw amazing profits off of that are now looking at us and saying, no, you know what? You're, you're, you're too dumb to understand new IP. We're just going to recycle our old shite and uh, you'll be happy with it. That's why we fired everyone. It's your fault for not liking new IP. And like, that is in bird culture known as a dick move. Sorry. If you're laying people off, fine. <coughs> just do it. Don't try and blame it on us saying that, oh no, uh, you know, they just want a set of course uh, meets dirt rally. They, they just want something they're comfortable with. This is why movies are awful to go to. This is why gaming is going to get a little bit annoying over the next year or two. Because everyone is sort of saying, no, we don't, we don't want to risk any investment on a wait, new wait, IP. Are you saying you didn't like everything everywhere all at once? Okay, but that was new IP. <laughs> it yeah, was good, though. Michelle was great. Oh, I thoroughly yes, enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. Good, good, good show. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, no, she was fun. But telling me that I don't layoffs. like that, and that's why you're not going to give me new movies like it? Well, yeah. people just want don't, free. Just, don't worry. The survey says people just want free stuff. Amazon don't says worry. we've listened to our customers. Oh. We know delivering free games every month is what they want most. So Amazon Games has oh. laid off 180 people because uh, they just can just give <laughs> See, away everything games. I, th I think this was like some of the Twitch crew as well from, uh, I, I guess they were running, what was it called? Crown Channel. And they had sort of yep. backed this game growth initiative to kind of bootstrap some gaming stuff. It's all, it's all going away. It's like a couple hundred people. Sad, sad, sad. What's with the gaming industry? What's going on? Oh. And, and it's got salvation. I mean, the escapist Ooh. got gutted. <clears throat> uh, and one of the other ones, too. Uh, so now they're starting their own things. Second Wind, and I forget what the other one is. So, yeah, no, it's just sort of... Fall Everyone's, uh, you know, falling out of it. Here's, here's kind of the thing. If you have small creators and they're able to monetize it, they never, you know, run into thing of, hey, we're hiring, you know, 30% administration because we need people to handle all this other stuff. I mean, it's like you grow too big and become too top heavy. And then they shed the creators that are actually making you money. Doesn't it make sense that way? Well, but it will if we hire another manager to exactly a, a larger overview of uh, the entire problem and someone to supervise them. Yeah. And another HR rep to make sure that they're comfortable in compliance. Exactly. Yes. I think you guys are missing the, the point here. Prime gaming the free games live on. Free <laughs> that's, games. That's what matters. All. Yeah. It only comes people that are lively. <laughs> We've got games. 
we've asked people. They said this matters. <laughs> you know, when Steam said, when Valve said that the Steam Deck wasn't going to be replaced for, you know, two or three years, they didn't say they weren't going to pull a Nintendo true. and release an OLED version of it. And they yeah. have. And, it, yes. and it's kind of disconcerting website here. Coming with tomorrow. I don't like this website at, I don't know at all. Happening. I don't I don't like that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, brighter colors, blacker blacks. They're describing OLED all right. We've seen it from the PlayStation Vita. We've seen it, of course, later from Nintendo, who invented OLED and handhelds, of course. Yes. People don't remember the Vita. And now we have it from Valve, where you have a, a better ex- experience. But hey, it's not just a screen, though. It's faster downloads. It's better battery life. It's a lighter and cooler running handheld. It's just better in every way. And that St. Bernard is really impressed. Well, I was going to say that, that that dog is digitally enhanced. Oh, wait, no. It's like, okay, I'm looking at these two. The Steam Deck OLED is like getting a Switch, and the Steam Deck LCD is like playing with a Wii U. I mean... Yeah, you save 200 bucks. It's cheaper, it's chunky, and has terrible battery life, and the screen isn't very good, but... Okay, I, I've got to know how... When you say Wii U, you don't just keep saying it like a siren. I think it's uh, something called maturity, Josh. I'm sorry, I have none of that here. None. I cannot unhear that. I cannot unhear that. Didn't Steve Burke right. do a teardown of the new Steam Deck? Just go to go to YouTube.com and go to Gamers Nexus channel and look at a teardown of the new hardware and learn something and not listen oh, to Oh, and us. appreciate their new website design, which looks a lot better than it used to. I haven't looked at the new site yet. Let's talk about the Steam Hardware Survey. Everybody loves looking at this and wondering where on earth so, are the AMD How is 1024 cards. by f- doing? Well, let's see. Well, first of all, we're looking at graphics cards. Okay. All video cards. Number one is the 3060, which of course took the place of the 1060 and will probably be there yep. for the next three years. Finally, it's really becoming, you know, resurgent at uh, more well, than... Well, 2060s uh, next, interestingly. It's, like it's almost 10% of all users surveyed. Yeah. And, and climbing. I, I want to know where people are buying new 3060s, I, I guess. What do you mean? They're just they're they're all new at second it, hand. Like, they're okay. $269 for a 3060 yeah. 12 gig. That's okay, a lot of cool. gigs. You know, yeah. I, I'd say the same for the the 2060 as well. Also, uh, seeing mm. a boost at the 2060 only has hardware. six gigs, though. That's not yep. enough. And no, uh, no, the, the 1060, super has eight. Uh, no, yes, it's right. The, the 2060 super is a, thir- a 2070. That's right. Yeah. The the 1060 also seeing a boost in the hardware survey of uh, additional users. That's just that's just strange. Uh, really, I feel like that's it, just uh, <laughs> the plus minus noise. On yeah, that's, that's yeah, noise. that's noise. It's, okay, so let's at, scroll at the, down, and we have uh, of course it's a 60, integrated. It's a it's a 60s food chain at the top. So that's okay. all I wanted to point out. So if you scroll hey, down far enough, 80s. you'll start to see things like AMD Radeon graphics, just generic because it's just an APU, probably in a cheap yeah. laptop. Then Intel and more Iris, of that in the Z. XE graphics. Z. XE. just started yeah. showing up. They're weird. There was nothing, nothing, nothing in then October. There's 1.4% of the market. Yeah. Intel UHD graphics, of course. And then finally, a dedicated, discrete AMD Radeon graphics card. And it's none other which, than the RX 580. Which 580. Oh, oh, no. Nearly 
three quarters of a percent of survey hmm. respondents have a 580. I, I feel there's some there's some bad news coming for the RX 580 users as well as the uh, Vega users and really all of the RX. It's, it's good news for AMD because then there'll be more of these 6600 owners. Because, oh, hey, uh, look at that 6700 you know, XT. Look at that. Yeah. That really five, has been one of the better deals zero in the past point two five years. 0.53%. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, it's on a downward still rocking the 750 right Ti? Anybody who <laughs> thinks that AMD has a big presence in PC hardware. Yeah, you, you just, just look, look at, at the, the Steam hardware survey. It it seems like it could be biased. There have been people who've who've questioned the validity of this in the past. Something about internet cafes. Has Arc made it on yet? Are you kidding me? That, like, that's what at I was. The very like, very bottom. For, is like, it like? Let's no. get serious. Come on, Jeremy. I was hoping. Has there well. there are more Intel Has Ivy well. Bridge integrated GPUs than Arc graphics. Come on. <laughs> So it, it still falls shame. under other. Fair. Anyway, it, this is we haven't looked at this in months, so it's it's fun to look at this every yeah. you know five five or six months or so but and see no, what's, what's going the resolutions. on. With the important thing is, of course, what's going on with people's monitors, and that was just graphics cards. You can look at processor by manufacturer, of which, and here no, here's another resolutions. thing. Here's another thing. If you look at the processor by manufacturer, which is showing 73, almost 74% Intel. Yeah. Uh, it's mobile gaming. It, yeah. It's, these are laptops. Yeah. That's these why it is the way that it is. Okay. Uh, There's also a lot of people still gaming on very old hardware. I mean, the fact yeah. that Haswell and Ivy Bridge are still present on that chart you just showed is is evidence of that sad, sad evidence but yes it's primary true, but oh man primary display primary display by resolution 1080p monitors are 59 percent but yeah. look at this 1440 23 they've become nice. mainstream remember when that was four percent that wasn't that long ago. yes nice yeah, yeah. That's a huge gain for them. The the two a five is really should make what there was a there was some strange news there. What, were you what was that? Yeah, Sorry, I, no. don't know what that I was. don't know. Apologize. I was just saying the two K <laughs> monitor is finally making a big showing. You don't that want to is. know what, what was going on by, underneath Brett's desk. <laughs> as he two made point that five nine percent four K or UHD monitors. <laughs> Thirty four forty by fourteen forty one point five six percent. Like to see that. Okay, three point two four percent are in thirteen sixty six by seven sixty eight. Ouch! Uh, it's laptops. Yeah. It's laptops. Yeah, isn't that it's not That's an IBM ThinkPad? Thirteen sixty by seven sixty eight is pretty weird, but hey, you do you. All right. How <laughs> about if we shift over to the reviews portion of our podcast? This will be brief because honestly, it's a memory review, and those are generally not very compelling for uh, podcast listeners. That's pretty. But the Kingston Fury Renegade RGB DDR5 memory under consideration is interesting because it's a 96 gigabyte kit that only has two DIMMs. Now you can be uncivilized. You can be a heathen and install three 32 gigabyte DIMMs in your system, which makes me 
cringe, but it's possible. And you can get to 96 that way. But what if you do it with only two dims? And all you have to do, you, you put them in, you enable XMP, and you reboot. And that's it. Two dims, 96 gigs. It's, it's incredible. And it's that, I don't know why they call it non-binary, because clearly they're talking about the density. It's 24 gigabit rather than 16 gigabit DRAM density. That's all it means. You are my density. And even though we had first been introduced to this concept last year, late last year, like November, we finally started seeing BIOS updates to enable support. Intel, we saw updates begin in February. <clears throat> begin in February. AMD followed in May. There are various vendors starting to push out some BIOS revisions. And now pretty much everybody can enjoy 24 and 48 gigabyte modules. Even the AMD users? Yeah. AMD yeah. users yeah. since May. Look at this. Uh, Think about the fact that we're looking at a two dim kit with 96 gigabytes. That's fantastic. Just unthinkable just a few years ago. Yes. And actually really easy to set up. Very reliable. Hey, my, my Windows 3.1, it ran on six megabytes memory. Mm-hmm. Did great. Was Which was no joke back in that day, by the way. If you had more than oh, four oh. megabytes of memory in the early 1990s oh, you like were that, living you were, the dream. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it, when we I were starting to I, go to 64-bit OS, and it was... Well, with 64-bit, you know, you won't be limited to four gigs of RAM. And at that time, a lot of people were going, well, why would we ever need more than four gigs of RAM? (laughs) Need? Who forwards? It was only 3.28 addressable. So get it right, man. I I just like to see the extended RAM announcement during boot. So that that was exciting. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I have extended RAM. Yeah, my BIOS just just counting up and counting. Yeah, up. the little sure ticking sound. Very exciting. <laughs> I am so tech. I am so tech. Ooh. No, that's when you hit the escape key because I mean that just takes so long. You have that's you know true. a gigabyte of memory in an old board. It takes forever. You watched it a few so. times and then it was like, yeah, let's just skip that. <laughs> okay. Pick twenty. Gavin asks three point five k free after it unpacked yeah. the ROM. Sweet. Well, at least he wasn't a commie. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah. beyond the hefty capacity is the speed of these DIMMs, as I wrote in this review, which are rated for 6,400 megatransfers per second at a cast latency of 32. Now, this is not really an AMD suitable kit. It's, it's 1.4 volts. That's not a good idea. Have no fear, there was an AMD-appropriate version. It's 6,000 megatransfers, 1.35 volts. Still 96 gigs, still, you know, two 48-gigabyte modules. So check out that kit. The part numbers are in the review. Although I can't easily find these for sale yet, and I'm hoping the listings that i found so far have inflated uh, MSRPs, as I will mention here in a minute, because this is not inexpensive for the privilege of 96 gigs on two DIMMs. I did some performance testing, which is always exciting. I did ADA 64, so you can see scaling. And then I did PC Mark 10, so you can see that it doesn't really scale in real-world applications. Slight edge. I mean, it, to in fairness, this 
Fury Renegade kit did win at 6,200 versus a 5,600 kit I had and baseline 4,800, but only by a slight margin. We're talking about saving entire seconds over the course of several days, and I don't. it may not be worth it to you. To me, it's all about the convenience of the capacity. So I would get a lower clocked kit myself. I'd get that 6,000 kit. I could go back and forth between my AMD systems and Intel systems and never run out of RAM. You will never need more than 96 gigabytes of memory. You heard it here first. You will never need more than 96 gigabytes of system memory. We're putting a stake in the ground here at PC Per. You will never need more than 96 yeah. gigabytes of RAM. Bront, Spuenberg said it. That's right. And you can take that to the bank. I feel like I seconded it, but either way. Okay. Um, so here's the problem. I went around looking for this. I searched for the model number. I looked on Kingston's website trying to find a listing for it for sale on their own web store, which doesn't exist yet. They only wanted to sell 16 and 32 gigabyte modules. So I finally found a listing at Pro Vantage. What is that? They're in Florida. I've, uh, I've bought a few yeah. things from them over the years. And- As have I. Yeah. You can sometimes find it at Pro Advantage when you can't find it anywhere else. Just a yeah. little pro hmm. tip there. It's been around for a long time. Their website yeah. looks like it, too. It's it's like a black. Yes. Yeah, it looks like one of my favorite old uh, computer stores here up here in uh, Vancouver, which is Attic Technologies. Okay. And oh, it was almost a text only website. But you could get stuff there and you get a discount for cash, but uh, they certainly take a credit card. Unless you didn't know what you wanted, in which case they would just taunt you, yell at you, and then kick you out of the store. I'm a little worried that it says special order, so it's not in stock here either. So maybe I'm jumping the gun on this. This is not memory that was sent to us for review specifically. It's memory that was in the Falcon Northwest Talon 14th Hmm. Gen system. And I said, this. it was brand new. Kelt said that, yeah, we have this new... You know, stuff from Kingston, it's 96 gigs on two dims. So I yanked it out of there and did a review. And now I'm realizing that it's kind of not really available yet. So mm. hopefully someday soon, you too can have 96 That's the total paper launch, man. Uh, Sounds like the, pr- the pre-release like to the, the 3090s yeah. and 3080s. It's all a paper launch. But let's move on to picks of the week. Josh, please get us started. Picks of the week. Yeah, okay, do it. So, uh, oh, oh, no, oh, the picks. Oh, oh the humanity. Pain. Right. Pain. Uh, oh, my eyes. Head. It hurts. Head on. Apply directly so anyway, to the forehead. Uh, I, have, I have a rather interesting uh, situation. It's not actually all that interesting. In fact, it's pretty boring. But I have a, a PC um, out on in my living room that my wife uh, thoroughly objects to because it's kind of big and it's right next to my racing uh, cockpit that she really objects to because it's pretty big too yeah it's pretty big and in, in the living room and the living yeah room. and so you know I thought you know I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to trick this real tech uh, digital audio into thinking it's a 5.1 surround and whatever i did it just didn't work and then i found out about some potential hacks and stuff that that you could do but you'd have to do unsigned drivers from a guy that you download from hong kong and i just didn't feel Sounds like fine. doing that because i wanted really true 5.1 sound when I'm, I'm playing 
uh, EA Sports WRC, which came out a few weeks ago, and I talked about. Um, and I, I want to hear want to hear those rocks kicking up on on into the floor uh, from the gravel stages uh, in in full surround. Um, but I wasn't getting that. And so I was looking around, and, and there's not nearly as many uh, Dolby Live and DTS Connect uh, encoding sound cards around anymore. But there was one, and it's a classic. Mm. Yep. It's the Creative mm. Sound Blaster ZSE. And it's 99 bucks, which is not inexpensive. But at the same time, if you just want something that works for your solution, this does it. I mean, this thing was originally uh, in the first form. Plugs on it? Yes, one optical in and one optical out. Oh, okay. Thank you. And uh, this was originally released in 2012. So that, that gives you an idea of the hardware. I mean, analog performance is not fantastic. Um, it's got, Gosh, you know, that, kind of the dual. That just mean it, it, it peaked. It peaked at 2012. It, you can't be yeah. made any better. Well, well something like that. No, actually, they, they had a second edition in 2019. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, human hearing hasn't improved, improved that much in the last mm-hmm. 11 years. Mm-hmm. What has improved is, is the software, uh, because the one thing that Creative uh, has done horribly through many years was the Creative Bloat. And their driver is only 141 megabytes. Compare that to any graphics driver right now, and you'll see that obviously they're they're doing well. Uh, they don't update their drivers <laughs> very much. Anyway, this is from 2021 that I've got, and it's the very latest. However, it works, and it works really well, and it just kind of works. And so obviously they've done something right. And if you need a DTS Connect or Adobe Digital Live, uh, real-time encoding sound card, and not willing to pay Microsoft Store crazy amounts of money, or try to find some motherboard that has the real tech support for uh, this kind of encoding, which is a giant pain you can't do, just just get one of these for 99 bucks. All your troubles are gone. It works. It doesn't take up much space. It's a single PCIe 1X slot. And it just works. No external power needed, which is nice. But you don't have to manually set the interrupts either? Exactly. That's just weird. More IRQs. (sighs) You know, (laughs) I was thinking about this today for some reason, just because I'm a strange person, but the complaining about IRQs and addresses and stuff like there weren't that many to remember. There's so many IRQs. PCIe slot five IRQ or no PCIe slot three IRQ five IRQ five or seven for most sound cards. Gravis ultrasounds were a little bit different. I think by default it was yeah. And Turtle Beach was their own little thing. It's like if you just remember, like there's a certain number of addresses that are reserved. There's like if you have your parallel port enabled, you can turn that off in the BIOS if you want to gain more. Uh, you know, turn off serial. Yeah, port. always turn off the serial ports. Yeah, you don't need them always. All. Come on. Once you moved on to a board that had PS2 mouse and keyboard, most people could go without the serial port. Well, I still need my joy port though. 
That was on the sound card. It was. All right. So uh, my main machine, my main machine has the Sound Blaster E5 Plus, and that's oh, wow. actually a really good sounding. It's got the Saber uh, ESS Saber uh, DAX in there. And uh, it's probably one of the the best sound cars I've I've had. Again, the driver's old, but it seems to work with everything without a problem. Maybe that's a Windows thing because that whole audio stack was converted from you know hardware stuff to yeah. Windows. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no. Regardless, it uh, it's uh, it, it's solid for the price, and I mean, sound cards are getting rare these days it's nice that somebody still has something well they're they're just getting external these days and even the internal yeah, ones all like when, usb dax yeah when when uh briefly evga had the new audio sound cards all right those were usb mm. sound cards with a bridge yeah. chip and yeah. on a us like on a pci express card it, even those mm-hmm. like it, they're all external now so going back in time to a dedicated PCIe is not necessarily a bad thing. And, and a moment of silence for Enforce 2. Uh, it's still weird to Soundstorm install Windows on a system and have it find an NVIDIA sound device. Hmm. As those did. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, your pick. Yeah. Well, it ain't new, but. For Canada, this is a shockingly affordable price for a 6950 XT, which is still a solid car that is going to do you just about anything you need. Like, I paid more than that for a 6800. So, you know, if you're in Canada and you're shopping around, uh, there are some decent deals. Because if you want an NVIDIA card, honestly, I add a one to the front of that for the equivalent, unfortunately, still. They are obnoxiously expensive, but uh, both Josh and I love the Merc series. And 800 bucks Canadian money for a 6950 XT, nicely overclocked, is is really a good deal. And you guys get screwed over when it comes to pricing. It's not just the conversion rate. It's the fact that it's just more expensive in general for Yes. Uh, I mean, it, it someone's got to pay for the medical system. It's, so it's uh, the 799 Canadian though. currently equals about 583 US, which is yeah, not a bad yeah. price for that card. That's actually not. Yeah, try and find that for down there. For Probably can't. Yeah, there was a price. Yeah, it's 599 at least. I, I yeah, paid a little bit more. I paid a little bit more for my 59 uh, or my 6950 XT at Micro yep. Center. Not a whole lot more. Maybe about 629 or something like that when I bought it. Do you still have that box within hand's reach that you can please, it Please tell me you do. Is that packed I away? Don't. Is that a storage unit He somewhere? does, but it's a giant box and it's at the very bottom of it. It's upsetting. <laughs> so not being in your old room is upsetting. It's there. Where's the monitor behind you? Where's the 6950 it's, XT Red Devil? I'm noticing there's a lot of upset people about that, and uh, it's going to be a little bit of time before we can get back to that. But we will. Yeah. We'll get back to excuses, that. Excuses, excuses. Mm, I know. Anyways, what's your pick? Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, I have a, a very straightforward pick. Uh, no superlatives, nothing really to talk about. If you'd like a power supply to power your NVIDIA graphics card that is uh, uh, completely power hungry in a mad, mad world sort of way, you're going to want 1000 watt plus. Why not get the Be Quiet variant with this 1200 watt power supply for only $149. That is good for 1200 watts. Man, that is a freaking steal. 1200 watts. Let me just gold. Repeat that. PCIe 5. Be be quiet. A a purveyor of fine power supplies for $149. This is about $50 off. ATX 3.0, 1200 watts. Let me just repeat that. 1200 watts. It's a fantastic deal. It's look, the thousand watt is fifteen dollars more. Correct. You'd be a fool not to get the twelve hundred watt model. Yeah, exactly. Now, be quiet. It's a little bit funky on uh, their wiring. It's no Corsair, you know, in the world that you may be used to, but it's very, very capable. And what does that mean? Indeed, the very, funky very wiring. Have you? Yes. I've, I've these. experienced both, and uh, where you see the Corsair power supply often has uh, like a squarish connector in many, many places. The uh, Be Quiet is normally like the pins are, are a little bit more linear, a little bit more laid out. I don't know why so, that would matter. It's just the stuff that's coming out of the back of the power supply. It it kind of doesn't, but if you're used it to looking doesn't at, at all, supplies, as a matter of fact. And the connectors that connect way, to, like on the component side are the same. You're just saying that they're totally a little the funky same. looking on the unit itself. Okay. Actually, correct. Yeah. A little more expensive this. if you want custom cables. I wonder if this is like this an cable mod doesn't sell like Kent pre-made kits correct. for the. Yeah. If uh, you want custom cables for the Be Quiet, is it slightly more expensive because it doesn't follow the cable particular... extensions? Nobody will know. Mm. Put it all behind. Like an back. Nvidia whooper yeah. that doesn't or, melt. Or insourced uh, be, customs. I highly recommend them. Be quiet to their supplier. Customs, is that what you said? Insourced custom cables, yes. Insource. I I N, I think, right? E N. E N. O E N. Sounds like somebody's got a pick cables. for next okay. week. All right. Yeah, I, 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 pick, I had him as a pick uh some time ago, and I've used him for cables a couple of times since then, and he does a fantastic job. Not my pick, but since the topic okay. came up. Hey, speaking of picks, speaking of picks. Oh, by the way, yeah, go out and buy that power supply. You're going to pretend to have a pick, aren't you? No, I have a pick. This is a fantastic (laughs) deal. 48-inch LG OLED. What? $750 off at Best Buy, $549. Oh, wow. $549. If you you go on Amazon and look for 48-inch OLEDs, they started about a grand. That's an A2. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you're not going to get the absolute latest. And there's going to be fine, some snobs out there that talk about the brightness and, you know, the no, features. No, 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 no. Listen. No, no, no. Listen. That's good. How much extra do you pay if it, you want, like, a dumb nine. TV? If you, you can't even none, buy one. How much you can't buy one? Buy? No, but uh, <laughs> honestly, I have an LG OLED as well. I go in, You go into the settings, you turn off the network stuff, it never, it never even shows up. That's correct. I'm not connected to the internet with it. I don't run any of the webOS apps. As but quaint as that is. How am I, I going to update my firmware? How do you update your firmware? I don't. How do you update? You don't update your firmware. I don't ah. care. The TV works. It's worked since 2016, October 2016. Yeah. What Seven is years. Conspiring with your uh, microwave and your service. fridge to take over. I, 
I, I, I cry for the susceptibility of hacking your firmware. It's not online. Presents. The TV's not online. Hmm. Unless data can travel through the right. HDMI cable. Okay. The TV's uh, not well, online. I mean, that's sort of what it does. <laughs> yeah, well, you tell me when there's finally some successful hack or t- people's that's living room TVs are being controlled through HDMI, like consumer electronics control. Oh, maybe. Oh, it'll happen. Oh, please. People don't air think gap systems now. LG is not sending out firmware updates to the 2016 E series models anymore, I don't think. Mm, okay. Calm down. It's okay. It's okay to okay. run old. Hey, this is PSA. This is the rest of my pick. It's okay to run old firmware. Mm. It's okay to run out of date operating systems. Do it. Be smart. Don't go to weird websites. Live your life. For and God's sakes, don't like plug it one? into the internet. Don't update yeah. every single test build that comes out of Windows 11 and then you have problems. <laughs> like, if you have mission-critical equipment, stuff that you need to use every day and it works right now, why would you say, oh, I'll beta test the next thing? Hey, there's a new operating system version for my phone. Let me install it on the thing that I need to receive phone mm-hmm. calls on from my son's school and you know, mm-hmm. make you know important decisions and respond to emails. No, don't do it. All right, uh, that's it. That's my pick. It's a ridiculous a deal. There's a lot of Black Friday and November stuff going on right now. I mean, it's it's in November anyway, but you know what I'm saying. Like, all month long. Uh, don't succumb to the hype. And I went to Best Buy earlier well, looking around. It's not just around. that. They're doing Black Friday, Friday up here in Canada, and we don't even have Black Friday. We've already done Thanksgiving. It's called The Economy Sucks. Lending rates are insane. People don't want to... Yeah get new credit cards they don't have any money so well, let's just go into let's mark down the crap we can't sell like old tvs tvs mm-hmm. have gotten stupid cheap i was looking yeah. at sam's club and it's like the 65 inch samsung and lg tvs are like 4.99 but yeah. then you move up to a 70 inch and it's like 5.49 like fifty dollars, like about seventy inch, and then seventy five inch TVs are like another, you know, fifty dollars more. Like this is insane. Since when can you buy a seventy five inch TV for like six hundred, six hundred fifty bucks? You can't. You can. You can now. In two thousand twenty three. Now is the time. Okay. Fifty five inch for two hundred fifty bucks. That's nuts. Yeah, fifty five yeah. has become yeah. the new thirty two. They're just like the embarrassing little cheap TVs in the center aisle at Walmart. Kent. So after many years of watching uh, Razer Synapse continue to launch more and more tasks in my task manager and continue using more and more RAM, I decided to move away from Razer recently. I've tried a few uh, different mice at this point. I've not found anything I really, really like yet. But uh, a couple of the Still Series mice I-, I liked, but they didn't slide very well they even with the teflon feet they just didn't feel very good on the the mouse pads and so i went online i did a little searching and i then went to amazon and picked up a set of the glass mouse feet and you know it's a different experience it's like a sliding your mouse around an air hockey table now it is super smooth um just 
almost no friction at all on a soft mouse pad. Tried it on a couple of different mouse pads. They feel fantastic. They make these for most popular mice. They even make some universal dots you can use. Um, I highly recommend them. They're not on sale or anything at the moment, but um, I was very impressed with the experience of, of these uh, glass mouse feet. Super glide. I like the air hockey table analogy though. It makes me want to buy it. It's like a, it's like a condom for your mouse. (laughs) Okay. Josh is back. It's easy. He missed missed that. He missed that. I'm not repeating it though. No. Let's see. Is that it? That's it. It's the end of our show notes. Oh God. Oh, well, Oh, now skates. Hi, Josh. It made me have to urinate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm, it's that time. It's that time it. again. That time where we all say goodbye. We think about the week that was, the podcast that was, the time we've shared together. Uh, we're all living together on this planet, and we all have to. Time well spent. Sometimes we have to share. Those intimate moments where we go into Best Buy or Walmart or any place that sells inferior undersized televisions and may not have security. Perhaps we're just looking for super glide for our mice where there's no friction whatsoever. You missed it, Josh. The friction free mouse condom. The the feel is slightly reduced, though, in the end. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's always I mean, the drawback, isn't it? 